Welcome to Law Technology Now with host Monica Bay, Editor-in-Chief of Law Technology News. Hear the latest about technology for the legal community. If it's tech, it's a topic right here. Good day. I'm Monica Bay, and I'm broadcasting today from New York City in our brand new offices of Incisive Media. We moved our headquarters this week, and we are now at 120 Broadway down by the World Trade Center, and it's just a fantastic neighborhood, and it's the first time in our digs. And I am thrilled to introduce you to my guest today. Um, Bob Ambrosi has literally been with LTN since the day I took it over. Um, the day I took it over, the former editor told me he was leaving and he would not be submitting the column that was scheduled to go to press in 24 hours. And I frantically called Bob, who I don't even remember how I knew him, and said, Bob, could you write me a column like in an hour? And I got this brilliant column and it was so good. I called him the next day and said, Let's keep doing this. And that was more than, actually, it was 10 years ago this month. Um, so for 10 years, Bob has been the author of Law Technology News's um, WebWatch column. And I'm especially delighted to tell you that Bob just won another award for this column. He has now won a silver international tabby in 2006, a silver regional Aspie Award, which is the, uh, I think it's the American Society of Business Publications editors last year. And this year he took the Silver National in the Aspies. And these awards are very, very important to us. The Tabby is a um, sister organization to the Aspies, which is an international, uh, I believe the correct name is the um, uh, Trade Association Business Publications International. And I could not be happier and more proud of Bob. Um, before I let him talk, I will also tell you he is a Massachusetts lawyer. He's a writer and media consultant. He's written a book for us, The Essential Guide to the Best and Worst Law Sites on the Web. He does Incisive Media's Legal Blog Watch with Carolyn Elephant. I don't think he ever sleeps. He does a um, lawyer-to-lawyer weekly podcast on the Legal Talk Network, and I probably left something out, the Media Law blog as well, and he does Law Sites blog, and I'm sure he does a whole lot more. So, Bob, um, thank you for coming, and why don't you tell our listeners about what I didn't remember to tell about what you do. Well, Monica, thanks so much. It's a real honor to be on the program. I guess what you didn't mention is that 10 years ago when I started writing that column, I was only 12 years old, so that was uh, <laughs> probably the most significant point. Well, the last three columns um, – Bob has been writing about social networking. Uh, this summer, he wrote a two-parter about the best and the worst social networking sites for lawyers. And the issue we just sent to press, our September issue, Bob was able to do a sneak preview with our mutual friend, John Lipsy, of a new product that Martindale Hubble is launching called Martindale Hubble Connected, which is their social networking uh, product. And so I thought this would be an ideal time to talk a little bit about social networking since it seems to be a topic that has suddenly, um, after being pretty much floating around as a teenage toy, all of a sudden, people are realizing that it really is a bona fide uh, technology that has genuine um, uh, 
ability to assist lawyers, not just in marketing, but in competitive intelligence. So, Bob, why don't we start, because this is still a relatively new technology, and why don't you tell our listeners, if you would, what is social networking um, and and how how does it um uh if you could start us with how does it work for in the legal environment as opposed to teenagers gossiping with each other well you know i mean it's interesting it, we we talk about social networking as a, a new phenomenon but you know in a lot of ways it's not it's been around for as long as the the internet has been around and of course uh networking uh, is something that lawyers have known about for a long time uh, you know, if you look even back to the early days of the internet when people were using bulletin boards and then listservs, all of these in, in a form, in a way were were forms of, of professional networking. Um, but what's happened, of course, over the last couple of years is that we've seen the emergence of um, sites that that specialize uh, and that are built to facilitate this kind of networking. Um, uh, among different uh, communities of interest, if you will. Uh, the first of these tended to be these, what we call social networking sites. Uh, you know, Facebook right now is the most popular of those. It, it just surpassed MySpace in in uh, in membership, uh, in usage, in traffic. It, it's the most popular uh, social networking site on the but for, for, for our listeners who might not be familiar with Facebook or some of these sites, can you explain, and I think either Facebook or LinkedIn would be a great example, can you explain what they are and how they work? What would a typical lawyer, you know, what's involved to even get on Facebook or, or LinkedIn? Well, LinkedIn is and LinkedIn is, is a professional networking site, and it's, it's probably the most popular of the professional networking sites. And, and really, I mean... I, I tend to think of it as, in some ways, a, a glorified directory, or, or to borrow an overused uh, phrase, a directory on steroids. I mean, essentially, at at its core, LinkedIn is a way of putting a, a listing of yourself online. You 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 uh, register as a member. You create a profile. You put up a a biography. Uh, you put up a photo, uh, and you put up some basic information about yourself. But from from that, that becomes a base of operation, if you will, from which you begin to uh, reach out and connect with other people who are already on LinkedIn. Uh, and uh, this is all, to some degree, uh, a, a variation on the, the six degrees of separation theme, only LinkedIn operates on the principle of three degrees of separation. You have... You connect to people who are your acquaintances, your colleagues, your, your professional uh, uh, peers, uh, and they are your first degree of connections. And, and the people they know become your second degree of connection, and, and those people's connections become your third degrees of connection. And, and uh, th- through LinkedIn, you can uh, kind of build out your networks. Uh, you can begin to use these networks to form common interest groups, to uh, to look for resources or for other people to try and find you. Uh, so, you know, at its core, it's, it's a directory in a sense, but it's a directory in which you control your profile. You control to some extent who you're able to connect with. Uh, and so it's, uh, you know, a, a Web 2.0 version of, of the directory. Would this be something where if I'm a practicing lawyer 
and I have a client come in and let's say I do family law and I have a client comes in who, who needs to have, uh, uh, let's say a, uh, a incorporation of a small business. Would this be something where I could pull my connections and, or somehow search them or filter them to perhaps find a lawyer who might be able to assist my client on an area of expertise that I don't have? Well, absolutely, you can do that. I mean, you can search LinkedIn for uh, members who fit a certain profile, whether by what they do, by where they live, by what their uh, affiliations are. Uh, And uh, so certainly you can find people with specific expertise on LinkedIn. Um, Perhaps, you know, of, of even greater value, in searching for referrals is that as you as you search LinkedIn uh, and and locate these people who fit what you're searching for, you're also seeing their degrees of connection away from you. Uh, if somebody say uh, is a, a second degree uh, matches your search and is has a close connection to you, you can see who it is that you know who knows that person. So you could have someone introduce you. You can get them to introduce you. You can talk to that person and get a, and get a referral directly. I mean, you can say, "How you know you know this person? What can you tell me about them?" Uh, and those kinds of personal referrals, of course, are, are really valuable. Now, I happen to know because you and I are both on LinkedIn that you recently sent out a query about looking for someone who had experience on um, or opinions about uh, using expert witnesses. Doing for, forgive me for not remembering exactly what it was expert witnesses who had written amicus briefs. Am I right on that? Uh, you know, I'm blanking. I'm forgetting exactly what the query was, but I did. I, I have used it a couple times to send out queries uh, in which I've been looking for um, referrals to uh, people who had expertise in particular areas. And I've had uh, really phenomenal success in using it that way. Uh, I've, I've had great responses. Would you also use that in in your role as a journalist with a blog watch and things to perhaps poll members of our community to to get quotes? Is that another use that you would have for something like that? Uh, yeah, or, or to identify uh, at least sources to talk to or people who have knowledge about a particular area. Now, you mentioned in your current column uh, that we just sent to the printer uh, you had the opportunity to, with uh, John Lipsy, to get a sneak preview of Martindale Hubble's connected site. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And I know it's in beta, as you told us. And how does that differ from sites like uh, Plaxo or LinkedIn um, or Facebook? What are, is that a um, subscription-based product? Or tell us a little bit about it. And and I know you're pretty excited about the potential for that and what it's going to offer. Well, that, and it, and I, I have to almost in the same breath mention Legal OnRamp. I mean, right. there are a, a, a number of professional networking sites now that focus on lawyers. Uh, and I've looked at a number of these, and, and I wrote about them for you in, in, in my last column. And a number of them I found to be very disappointing in that there are there may be a number of lawyers joining them that there doesn't seem to be a lot of networking going on. And, and I think that's because they don't really uh, create a, a reason for that networking to take place. Uh, both legal on-ramp and, and the, the forthcoming Martindale Hubble Connected are, are similar in, a, in the sense that what they're trying to, to focus on, at least initially, is in 
matching in-house counsel uh, with outside firms and using their their networking as a platform for bringing uh, those groups together in a number of ways. And they're, and they're not just focusing on the network, but they're focusing on tools that both groups can use and ways that both groups, by both groups, I mean in-house lawyers and outside lawyers, uh, can can work together in a collaborative uh, and uh, secure environment. Uh, so they're, they're, you know, Legal OnRamp was one that was started by a group of uh, general counsel uh, working together. Uh, and that's uh, up and operating. Uh, I think it's still by invitation only that you can belong, but there's no no fee to belong. Martindale Hubble Connected is in beta. It, it's supposed to be launched uh, formally sometime later this year. Uh, it's it's pretty exciting because it it uh, it, it taps into Martindale Hubble's uh, experience as as a legal directory provider. I mean, it's it's using. A lot of the resources that Martindale Hubble has available to it, a lot of the uh, experience that Martindale Hubble has in this area, and and also Martindale Hubble's uh, uh, lineage as, as a member of the LexisNexis family. Bob, would the would the membership based uh, social networking services like a legal ramp you were talking about and the the new Martindale Hubble connected? Do those have a particular appeal because they're membership only uh, rather than self-selected uh, in terms of quality control? Is that one of the assets that both of these products will be, in essence, selling about themselves? Well, a lot of the lawyer-only sites are are restricted to lawyers. Uh, they actually, some of them actually require you to provide your, you know, your bar listing number. Uh, rather bar registration number to prove that you're a lawyer in order to get involved. I'm not sure that it's the 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 restricted nature so much as as the format and, and the focus on the general counsel. I mean, to some extent, it, it's maybe perhaps more of an elite audience uh, that that's being catered to here. Insofar as it's it's the general counsel at larger companies. And therefore, uh, a lot of the lawyers are going to be lawyers at larger firms that are working with those companies. Um, it, it's almost more self-selective than it is uh, membership controlled in that sense. Well, we're talking with Bob Ambrosi, and we're about to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask Bob a little bit about the use of these sites for what is sometimes called either business intelligence or competitive intelligence using them to be able to get information to help you in your law firm to get business, keep business, etc. So we're just going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Online video is one of the best ways to get the message out about your firm and legal channels is where your firm should be. You can have your firm's video produced by TV professionals and seen on law.com, legal talk network, and YouTube. Find out more at law.com or LegalTalkNetwork.com. Just click on Legal Channels. A video settlement documentary is a powerful tool. It can turn your plaintiff's case into money at the settlement table. Call the professionals at Skyways Communications at 781-551-9960 to find out more. Welcome back. We're with our guest, Bob Ambrosi, and, and Bob has an impressive resume, which includes co-writing the legal blog watch uh, for 
Incisive Media, and he writes Law Technology News' award-winning WebWatch column. We're talking about social networking. Bob, we've talked about the use of social networking tools in terms of, of being able to reach out and make connections and, and perhaps ask folks for um, recommendations for work, whatever. But how are law firms using these sites to uh, do what is sometimes called competitive intelligence or business intelligence and basically snoop around and find out about their competitors? What, what insight can you give us on that? Well, there's a couple of aspects of that. I mean, first of all, you know, if you, if you do your traditional Google search of just about anybody these days uh, in a professional field, uh, their LinkedIn profile is going to come up, uh, and you can find out a lot of information about that. Uh, it's it's interesting from a competitive intelligence point of view to look at a number of different profiles that somebody has up. Uh, you know, I mean, they may be on LinkedIn and Facebook and MySpace and whatever and look at what they say about themselves and how it compares and whether it's consistent. Uh, you know, we've all heard the Facebook horror stories of, of people who uh, uh, go on to professional careers who've, who've posted their party photos and, and uh, things they'd rather forget on there. <laughs> um, but the, I think the next step is coming. Again, I, I want to mention Martindale Hubble in this regard because what, what Martindale is trying to do is to take uh, its its standard old-fashioned ratings and, and kind of ramp those up for the, the networked generation. Uh, first of all, if you look at a Martindale Hubble profile online now and, and that profilee has a LinkedIn page, you'll see a little symbol there that will take you uh, you can click on and go right to their LinkedIn profile. Uh, but more to the point, uh, Martindale Hubble is trying to get, is starting to ask people uh, as they use the directory to complete surveys about um, lawyers who are listed in the directory, quick little mini surveys about kind of their satisfaction in, in using that lawyer. So if an in-house lawyer is looking at a profile of an outside lawyer that, that that lawyer has used for their company, uh, they can click on a, a few buttons and talk about their satisfaction with the, the lawyer's legal skills, responsiveness, uh, how quickly they return phone calls, those kinds of things. And all of that information is going to be start become available through uh, Martindale Hubble Connected um, to people who, who search there. And, uh, you know, again, we go back to the three degrees of separation. If you find that uh, a lawyer has been uh, rated through through this connected uh, rating service uh, you can if <laughs> Martindale Hubble is going to set it up so that if uh, if there's a, a colleague of yours within your own company who did the rating you'd be able to get in touch with that person although these ratings will be anonymous otherwise uh, and uh, be able to get even more feedback uh, so they're 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 kind of uh, Taking the old-fashioned word of mouth by which uh, in-house counsel do a lot of their hiring now and ramping that up for this networked world. You know, one of the really interesting, uh, perhaps unintended uh, uses of it uh, we discovered, which is it's our, our society has become so mobile and people are moving so quickly and changing jobs so often. Uh, one of the really valuable things is you can find where people are. I know our mutual friend uh, Eugene Stein recently switched firms, and we were doing a story where he was mentioned, and we couldn't 
find his contact information. And I said, well, let me just go Google. Boom, I Googled. Here comes his LinkedIn thing. It had the spelling of his new firm and his new title, and it saved me about five phone calls. So in a sense, it kind of protects your not only your own ability to, to be found, but kind of can be a, a, a outside your own organization contacts, if you will, which uh, I think for a lot of folks, again, with all the mobility in the profession, uh, might be a, an unexpected uh, positive use of this, I think. Have you experienced that at all? Well, you can mention in, in that breath uh, another professional networking site, which is Plaxo, which will actually is this, you know, Plaxo at its core is a, a contacts directory uh, with a sort of a social networking component to it. But Plaxo has a plugin that, that works with Outlook so that uh, as people within your Plaxo connected network change their work addresses or phone numbers or whatever else, your Outlook directory will be uh, updated with the changes automatically. Pretty amazing stuff. We just have a one last moment. Is there any final thing you'd like to tell our listeners about social networking other than to be sure to take a look at your article in the September issue, which will be online shortly at www.lawtechnologynews.com? Well, you know, like everything, like every other form of, of marketing and research, you can't rely on it as, as the sole source of what you're doing. But I, I think that we're at a point right now where if a lawyer is not uh, exploring and becoming involved in at least some form of professional networking and probably LinkedIn to start with, uh, they're uh, they're doing themselves a real disservice. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation, and I know we've only just literally touched the tip of the iceberg. But I want to thank our guest, the wonderful Robert J. Ambrosi, uh, author of LTN's uh, Web Watch column. And it's time now for me to give the final wrap-up comments and how you can find us and so forth and so on. Bob, what's the best address if folks have questions for you? Uh, you can go to my website at LegalLine.com, L-E-G-A-L-I-N-E.com, and my email is Ambrogi at LegalLine.com. And I want to remind our listeners that there are three ways to listen to this podcast. You can go straight to Incisive Media's site, www.lawtechnologynow.com. You can listen to us on our partners, the Legal Talk Network, at www.legaltalknetwork.com, two very intuitive addresses. And you can find us at the ever-hip iTunes podcast library. I want to give a, my usual shout-outs to the fantastic Jill Winward and the crowd at law.com, to Mike Hockman, Kate Kenny, and the fabulous Luann Reeb at the Legal Talk Network, and my producer, Keith Achille, here at Incisive Media. Uh, I hope you'll join us next month. This is Monica Bay, and you've been listening to Law Technology Now. Law Technology Now is produced by the broadcast professionals at the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening. Join Monica Bay for next month's podcast on the technology issues affecting the legal profession today. 